Um, so welcome everybody to um, Ball Sometimes Lie. Uh, we have a very special guest today, um, a friend, a mentor, uh, a, a genius uh, comedian and actor, um, Mr. Paul Shear. You know him from The League. You know him from um, uh, Black Monday. You know him from Account uh, 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 so, uh, and yes, countless, <laughs> countless shows, countless, countless, countless shows that I can't even name them. Everything you've ever watched. Um, uh, and then outside of that, he was one of my first um, uh, improv teachers when I first got to the Upright Citizens Brigade. And he is a big time Clipper fan. So we're going to be talking to him, which is super, super rad. kids haircuts in quarantine yeah oh you've been doing yeah, it yourself that gone? Mm-hmm. so you um you've been neglecting the haircuts but you you've insisted they get them no i haven't <laughs> insisted that my kids have gotten haircuts no i i <laughs> well i mean if they you want held down your child with scissors no i i it just like Especially for the boys, like, it gets to, like, a bang thing where it's, like, it's in their face and they, they can't see anything and you have to, like, cut around. I mean, my youngest right now, he straight up looks like a uh, Hall from Hall & Oates. Like, That's we, a good look. Because we can't – it's not great. Like, I mean, like, we can't get in there, so we just have to cut the front kind of. Like, By the way, when we he gets brought Yasser's sister – we brought Yasser's sister over to our house to do an outdoor cut for Gus, and it was a great cut. I'm sure Yasser's sister's like super talented. Like yeah, I, she's good. <laughs> I feel like what we did to my son, he looks like Tiny Tim, or like June put a bowl <laughs> over their head after that, and it is a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, it's just a mess. I mean, I'm, what's going on with me is a fucking nightmare mess. Nightmare mess. Yeah. I mean, I look like <laughs> I, I don't even know what I, I look like right now. I feel like I look like a grip. Is the best way to put it. Uh, <laughs> You're like if Jon Snow went to Walden Pond for like three years. <laughs> well, Paul, I feel like I should, I should introduce you before we get into everything. Oh, yeah, so, sorry. Kate, yeah. So this is Katie Zach, who's like a real producer. She's like a real Hi, Katie. certified Hi. producer. Um, and then uh, my co-host, my buddy Sam, uh, is actually working a golf tournament tonight, all night. Um, oh, wow. So he's not yeah. here. But I have uh, our other... Uh, uh, I guess co-host Zach, who is a legit stranger. We didn't know him at all. And then after the first uh, episode, he cold emailed us and was like, I really like to be a part of your podcast. And we we're like, all right, that sounds great. <laughs> wow. And so it's been about, it's, it's been, it's been a little bit of time and, and Zach's part of it. Um, but he really knows basketball and his wife works at the CDC and that is uh, been amazing. invaluable. So any questions Those you have, two things got him in. any questions <laughs> I, you I have coronavirus related, he can answer. Yeah. Uh, likely not. Actually. All right. Well, this is great. <laughs> well, we asked. Well, him. then you're fired. <laughs> but so, Paul, um, so cause, because it's just a, a basketball podcast uh, in general, um, you're a Clipper fan. I know that. I know that from your yes. from your Twitter account, from being friends with you and whatnot, and and I. Clipper fandom is very interesting to me as someone who 
who, uh, you know, spends a lot of time in LA, lived out there permanently for a while, um, because it's where I was headed. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you can only live out there so long without having a team with the West coast timing, uh, where you go like, I need a team out here. And the Clippers were where I was headed. And so I'm always interested to this like new crop of, of Billy Crystal's. You know, look, uh, <laughs> if, if I could only get some of that Billy Crystal, that sweet Billy Crystal juice from the Clippers fandom, I will say, I will say this, uh, you know, I am from New York. I grew up, uh, watching like St. John's college basketball, mm-hmm. big East and, you know, watch Chris Mullen play and Mark Jackson, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and watch, you know, Patrick Ewing on Georgetown. Like, so that's where my basketball, like. Like that's where I started in would, the Big East. Would you go to the Big East tournament? Would you go to the Big East tournament at the Garden? That was yeah, like a my dad sh- had huge deal for it was, us. It was huge. My dad had seats behind the bench at St. John's, so I would wow. like I learned all my curse words from Luke Carnesecca, <laughs> who was like a St. John's coach. It was oh, yeah. so vile, um, but it was such a small auditorium. And the Big East, I think, what I've realized, kind of sucks, right? Like they they've now since disbanded, and you know, but they yeah. they are not a great. They're not great, but they have like the Huskies and or they did at that point with me. It was UConn. like the Huskies and UConn. Yeah, so it was like UConn and uh, the Hoyas, Seton Hall, and, and then Miami was in there. For, yeah, per, no, Purdue was not in there. I, don't I think. think Purdue. I don't what, think I think or Providence, Providence, Providence. Yes, yes Providence. Providence definitely. Um, so yeah. that's where I kind of grew up, and then you know, so we were always at Madison Square Garden for St. John's games, and watching all these guys, Jason Williams. Uh, famously, uh, somebody who shot someone with a shotgun. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, also so, a good rebounder. Uh, oh yeah, great rebounder. And and my great whole guy. yeah, my whole youth was spent sneaking around Madison Square Garden, pretending that I had a reason to be where I was to go down. Like so, I yes, I got into locker rooms, I got into press conferences, and I was always. My dad was so cool about letting me run around like he was like okay you're safe you're in Madison Square Garden I don't know if that's totally a true statement but I would I would go down there I remember I have a (laughs) I have a shot of me like above Penn Station (laughs) I could be just jettisoned off to some place in Connecticut (laughs) like Sam from different strokes um so uh like but I would always hang out there and and try to get I got all these autographs I met all these players it was so much fun so that was my entry into basketball and and then that became, I'm a Knicks fan. Right. So much so that I remember, I mean, one of my favorite Knicks moments, which I'm sure Pally will remember as well, is watching the OJ chase. Oh, yeah. And the Knicks playoff game. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like, what? No. I mean, you're watching um, Starks go two for 16 and then they cut away <laughs> to the OJ and chase. by the way, yeah. And that was like, that was my team, like Starks and you and yeah. all, you know, like, that was such a fun group of people yeah. and they suck right like they don't suck but they yeah they never made they it. have just they just never made it and and it was disappointing to be like i'm a knicks fan and it was just never it was never kind of clicking so when i moved out to la my thought was exactly what you said which is like i'm gonna be out here i'm married i'm gonna have a family eventually i want to have a team that like that my son yeah can go see games at and enjoy and like, let me pick one and i'm poor and yeah. the Lakers are, uh, you know, the Lakers. So the Laker like, decision was strictly financial at the time. I was, was going like, to ask about that if that's the poor man's Lakers. Well, because, well, because here's the bargain yeah. option. I mean, because like in the well, in the eighties, you know, at the time that we were Nick Nick fans, right? Like poor, yeah. 
Like, it wasn't distinguished. Like, if you were a Net fan, it was because you were, like, an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah, it Nets wasn't... were non-existent. <laughs> like, Nets were not a team that you even considered. It's like you have to go all the way out there. Yeah, I got to go to like, Nets game. To the end. It's, like, in the fucking swamp. It was gross. And it was, like, yeah. you're only going out there to see fish. You know, it's, like, no one's yeah. going out there to see the Nets. And I feel like you, at the time, uh, it was just such a, 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 a displacement between the two squads. And L.A. always had that. I mean, the Clippers were always second-class citizens. And and I didn't really understand that because when I came to L.A., like, I get it. I knew what the Lakers were. And I think my immediate, like, the, the thing that I felt was it's so bandwagon to come out to L.A. and be like, I'm a Lakers fan now. It just felt like cheap mm-hmm. and not earned. Yeah. It's like I grew up a Yankees fan. And I can always say I'm a Yankees fan because – I grew up so when it was lucky. like Dave Winfield yeah, and Kevin Don Moss. Manley, and they were, yeah, they were not winning anything. Now, yes, I was around when Jeter came in, and there was a lot of, and you know, there was a lot of, there was an explosion. But I was there watching them lose games. Reggie Jackson, you know, like that era. Right. Reggie Jackson to like Mattingly and Lou Pinellas, the GM. Right. Like, I was there for a lot of losses. Not to say that that was like, and obviously the Yankees are like the Lakers, like a, a classic team, but. I grew up in that time when everyone was a Met fan. I was a Yankee fan. Right. So I think I'm always like going against the curve. So yeah, like the Clippers, you could go afford to see a game and it just didn't feel like, it didn't feel like anyone was Clipper fan or at least, so I was like, okay, this feels like I can, if I'm doing this thing that I felt bad about, which was like switching my allegiance to a team. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, let me at least, like, it would be weird to me. Like I was a Knicks fan. No, I'm a Laker fan. I just feel like that would be like cheap. It, yeah, it's but like, I, it, it always seemed weird because like you you could associate always the, the Yankees and the Lakers to me, right? Like right, absolutely. You see like Denzel Washington, like in my youth, like they they do that NBC cut around the the forum, you know, in the afternoon game on Sunday, and it would be like Denzel Washington in a leather suit jacket and a Yankee cap, like at the Laker yeah, game. Of course, you know what I mean. And it was just like you were like, well, I don't know where what. But I guess he's a movie star. He's, he's a Laker fan. You know what I mean? Like it was all, it was all kind of jumbled. Yeah. But you knew that the only one going to the Clipper game was Billy Crystal. <laughs> and and it wasn't even spoken about that much, right? It was like, like <laughs> yeah. was not like getting. It was like Jack Nicholson. It, like I have these pictures on my phone that I love so much. It's like Jack Nicholson and Magic Johnson. Like Magic Johnson's on Jack's back, and they're like yeah. he's a part of it. It was like and look. I, as a kid, I had those shirts, those big head shirts, Hell, those character awesome. shirts, like, you know, like the Lakers. They were amazing. All those those players. It wasn't like a, an anti. I'm not like I hate the Lakers. I don't hate the Lakers now. I only hate the Lakers when we play them because I feel like I have to, you know, right, but yeah. I appreciate but them. But like the Lakers, I get like them. I rooted, like I, root, I I find myself rooting for the Lakers when thing like after the, se- the season ends and the Knicks, or, or I guess like halfway yeah. through the season once the Knicks are officially out of it. Yeah, I start. I, I go like, yeah. I, I start paying attention to the Los Angeles teams because it's like, well, that's yeah. you know, that's where my kids were born. That's where you know, you, you just like that's where my allegiance is. You know. Well, and I came into the Clippers at a point where Blake Griffin comes into the Clippers, which I think is the beginning of this comedy basketball. New, comedy basketball, <laughs> super fan. But it was this like Lob City era of mm-hmm. the Clippers, which were a little bit more exciting. The personality was alive. And look for the last eight years or seven or eight years, like the Clippers have been better than the Lakers. Uh, Roughly. Yeah, last, yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, playoff appearances and stuff like that and, and records, but it, 
so there was an energy of like LA, like, oh, here's Blake. He's funny. This is a cool crew. This is a, this is something that's interesting. And look, if I had a if I had a couple of Laker fans, I may have gone the other way. But I just kind of fell into that that zone, and and that's how I kind of got involved as a Clippers fan. And now I'm just like fully in, and I think I'm even more fully in because my son is like obsessed with basketball. And that's the and, best. Oh, it's the best. He's he's six years old, and we are loving it. Like we we're gonna watch the game yeah, tonight. Yeah. And we're, are we're, you guys in? You know, um, classes yet are you doing is he uh we be because his real interest in basketball started i mean he's always been interested in basketball we have a net at our house but when he got old enough to take classes COVID hit so we've done some virtual classes and then when i signed him up for this like weekend camp this clippers camp june was like we can't you can't bring him to that and and i yeah i appreciated what you said and i i I (laughs) did agree with it i didn't want because he was looking forward to it so much and it was only kids but it was like there will be more time to get into a clippers camp yeah also six is still like um so like uh, new york is a little more open right now and so like chelsea mm-hmm. Piers, where we go the kids um the kids are in in a basketball program they go like twice a week and there's seven my my middle is seven and she is still like six and seven is still kind of hard the ball's big the yes. rim is so far away it's a little frustrating, you know. Like, oh, but my son is practicing every day on a regulation size hoop with a regulation basketball and getting shots in. Wow! Like dunk. it is. Oh, not dunk. <laughs> he, he he will tell me whenever I turn my back. He's like, "Did you see that dunk?" And I'm like, "What dunk?" I'm like, "That's right. awesome." I'm like, "Great." But he like we literally we're right now in a Airbnb because we had to get out of L.A. because of it's so bad in L.A. that they basically loosen the air quality control so they could cremate more yeah. bodies so that's where we're at so we're oh. out of la well, right thank now thank you for being and, with uh, us on this very important oh. inauguration day <laughs> happy to celebrate my inauguration day with you. but but my son was freaking out here yesterday because he's like i need to find a basketball hoop so we were like looking everywhere to find a basketball hoop for him to play so we finally found a high school nearby and wow. he's been going every day and shooting hoops on a bat well like, that's he's like I mean, he's that's amazing. Yeah. That's what you have to do. I mean, th- this time sucks so bad. It's so horrible. And like New York, I'm, I feel so lucky to to be in the city because it oh, is yeah. like, I mean, things are closed, but it's like, you know, we still have a little bit of, of room. Like, the, you know, the parks are open, you know, and it's like, yeah, exactly. Just that is such a change. Um, so, I mean, again, like, thank you so much for uh, being with us. So, so how do you feel? About the Clippers this year, Paul. Um, this seems to be our big I am, thing. All right. When we get, when we get, yeah. it's you're our first Clipper fan, and so basically, I, I, what yeah. has been I'm happening? I'm sure it's a small group. It's not actually. You'd be surprised. It's not. It's very large. Yeah. But what's been happening? We have Billy Crystal booked for next. Week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know you had Ian. Ian, who's a big Portland guy. On yeah, we've been getting these like interesting fans that are like of teams that I don't. You know, like I follow the Clippers, but I'm not again. Like they're not my squad. So how yeah. how are you feeling going into like I guess a, great. Th- a third of the season over, especially the You're Kings. Great. Uh, got the Kings tonight. That's a t- Kings tonight. And you know, look, I uh, I'm feeling good. I'm a little bit. Here's a couple things that I will say about the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I I love Doc Rivers. I think that Doc Rivers is an amazing personality. I think his speeches. I think the reason why the bubble worked was because in large part due to Doc Rivers. Um, Interesting. Now, 
where I think the bubble didn't work for the Clippers is because Doc Rivers was the Clippers coach. And I think there's two things can be true. I can respect a man for being this amazing positive force. And I think that Doc comes from this old school point of view of I'm trusting my gut. I'm not trusting analytics. I'm not trusting stats. Mm. I'm not trusting anything at all. And that got us into trouble in the bubble. Um, we, we had issues in the bubble, obviously. I mean, and we'll be ridiculed for that. Uh, and it, it, it was an embarrassment. Well, to, I think the, to, bubble, to, yeah. the bubble for the Clippers is different than most of the other teams, oddly enough, because yeah. the Clippers had so many issues, you know, like team chemistry-wise. Yeah. Whereas other teams kind of either came together, like, you know, you look at the Lakers and what happened there, or, or even a team like Miami that came from like a five seed. It's like, you're either going to come together or you're going to, you know, leave for lemon pepper right. wings. And like when, right. th- when that happened and then he didn't really get suspended by the team and then he's upset that Paul George is, is kind of getting preferential treatment. It's like, it's a lot well, of stuff, there, there's right? A lot of, there's a lot of things. That I, first of all, I'm going to say this because I got into it with Rachel Nichols. I, I was talking to Adam about this the other day. <laughs> I'm, my goal is to get into it with pretty much every ESPN person. I've gotten into it with Nick Wright. It's I've not gotten hard. Into it with they love Persons. to fight. Yeah. No, they're in. Um, <laughs> here's what I have to say about the chemistry of it all. Does it make a difference? Tell me that chemistry was important to the three championships the Lakers won with Kobe and Shaq. It's not. Well, it's like that is like you know that is hmm, that is like you can that. win without chemistry. You can win with chemistry. It's not like it's not a crucial part of a team. Like great chemistry. Okay. okay. So so I think you're I think you're right, but I think that that it's finite. And that mm-hmm. sometimes that chemistry is not all about do we get along. It's mm-hmm. about how we fit on the court. You, you yes. And, and, I, and I think that you can have people who don't get along, but a coach who can figure out how they do. Right. And that's where I feel like Phil Doc, is the man at that, I, right? Yeah, I, Well, absolutely. and I think that the, so, and I, the and, Lakers uh, comp that you made a second ago, you think about like the 2004 Lakers. That was when they loaded up with Peyton and Malone, and they ran into the Pistons. And that was a team that was 100% yeah. jiving and grooving, and Rasheed just got there. And why do you have to use 70s, why do you have to use 70s slang about... <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I, I was, thought the was, was, was good. I was thinking about Motown, you know, like Detroit. Jiving and grooving. Yeah. offensive. Jiving well, and offensive. Come on. <laughs> I thought like it might have been borderline like offensive. It, it might have been borderline offensive. It's borderline. <laughs> you wouldn't have referred to any other team in the NBA as driving and grooving. Listen, I talk <laughs> about the Kings every day, and I always describe them. Would as... you ever? Would you ever say that the Dallas Mavericks were driving and grooving? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you say that uh, pierogies are coming in. The, the Utah oil. Jazz <laughs> were driving and grooving. Right, so they were. They were really clicking. They were. They were uh, firing at yeah, all cylinders. Like whatever like expression it. you there want to go. use. But my, my point being is that the Lakers were infinitely more talented. They still had Kobe and Shaq in their primes, but they hated each other, and they were at the end of their ropes. And the Pistons were, like I said, they were firing on all, all cylinders. They had a great locker yeah. room, and they whooped their ass in the finals that year, you know? Yeah, they, they whooped them bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah. You know, because I think what you're seeing now, like with Kawhi and, and Paul George, too, is, is like, um, uh, and I hate to be nerdy and, like, equate it to, like, like comedy or, or, or like comedy duos or, or teams even but it is like that like you need to fail together to to like make it work you know what i mean i i totally agree with that i think there's a couple things at play like so 
I am happy that Doc is is not on this squad because I don't think he knew how to deal with them. I think Doc's MO was give the ball to Kawhi, let's run a bunch of ISO plays. And I think you bring in a guy like Ty, who here's the interesting thing about Ty. Uh, Ty Lu, who's their coach, not only has he uh, coached a championship team with LeBron, um, but also played with Kobe, played with Michael Jordan. You know, he's been around on the court and from in some intense moments. And I think that he's also a guy who is has no personality. Like there's a thing that Bomber said that I love. Like they were, he was like, I was interviewing him. And I was like, what do, what do you do besides basketball? And Ty said to me, um, I don't know. It's kind of what I, that's kind of my thing. And I feel like that's what Ty is. Like yeah. Ty is like, I'm an analytic guy. Like they say that like, Ty will remember plays from games, like everything. So I feel like what he, what the Clippers needed was that because the Clippers didn't have with, with Doc. And this is my, my, my mini, my mini Clippers rant is this Doc didn't practice. They didn't. They did not have anything to fall back on. They didn't have anything to switch to. They didn't have a chemistry built as players. Right now, you look at them from assists. They're like one of the league's leaders in assists. They're, you know, they're they're doing all this kind of. They're doing some amazing work that they didn't do last year. Yes, they're scoring from the same spots, but they're playing with more of a. They they're they're experimenting. They're trying different things with their rotations. I, think, I just think that he's made them buy into the system. I think you're all. right. I think you're right. And 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 Zach, again, you're you're our our, our super. Uh, like you know analysis guy my take on it would be yes it is it is a coaching thing but from the brief amount that i have watched it's also a personnel thing there are two players on the clippers three players on the clippers that weren't there last year that have changed the dynamic of the way they play serge Ibaka being the biggest one absolutely uh, not only because he opens well up the, i would say uh, i would say batum but, is like yeah batum really is the other idea. one but serge Ibaka no one saw and that batum, they're the same he backs him up yeah, no, like no one. Uh, it opens up the floor in a way that Montreal didn't no, last year. Mon- Montrez so- can't. Montrez like Montrez is. I love watching him and I love having him on the team. But he was what we had. What last year I think was low basketball IQ, mm-hmm. right? So you switch it up with even Canard, I who I think player. is a little love timid. Yeah, Kennard, he's timid. Yeah. But he when he is when he's getting comfortable, and I think you get like we're only about fifteen games in, you know, and I think that the way that Ty is looking at it is, is like ten game in- increments, kind of like Phil Jackson. You're seeing Kennard is like when he just feels comfortable enough, he's taking those shots and he's nailing those shots. Like he's just he just needs to get that. I think they paid Kennard to be a starter. They, I think that yeah, I, I think know, he they're, makes they're, Lou Will expendable, honestly. Yeah, I think Lou Will. Is well, gone. I think that that's what we're building towards. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, like we're we're building to. I think that what we've proven so far in these first games is we don't necessarily need a point guard. We just maybe need some more defensive. Well, that's uh, a great. Maybe some defensive energy because, but but Lou, I'm curious because since they switched the format, right? Like the first ten games, they kind of sideline Lou in a, in a way the way they were playing their bench and then they opened it up in game 11 and then he's been out for like the last two so we tonight will be interesting because he's back to see like alright well does he continue scoring well because he's like no I'm back I'm, I'm getting to do the way I want to play I, mean, I don't know this but yes, isn't he makes so weird with, with the way that rosters are run because literally people are like you know you could have you could have a player starting one game and throw up 30 points because they're playing against the other team's fourth worst player because they well, look at Zach Levine too I mean Zach Levine is like boom he is now like Zach Levine is I mean this is like his time to shine in the Chicago world yeah too, I, feel like. I, mean, I mean 
I, we, we, the Bulls are a big topic. But anyway, back, back to the Clippers. You, you brought <laughs> up an interesting thing, which is which is another thing we do with all our guests who are specific fans, which is what is there a move out there? Is there a player out there that you, when you put your GM hat on, when you put your, um, uh, what's that little redhead's name? Yeah. Wait. The little Ooh. redhead. Who's the GM? Oh. Uh, Lawrence Frank. New Jersey, yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Frank. Frank. Okay, yeah, okay. I, 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 was like, I didn't realize that Lawrence Frank has red hair, but I guess you are right. Yeah. Um, I, I guess there's a part of me that felt like I have a couple of thoughts. First of all, I wanted to say one more thing about the Clippers. That yeah, I, go. That no, I please. Think it was was it's a b- benefit. Uh, so you know you have uh, you know you have we have Morris. We signed him to this giant fucking deal, and he comes out because he has tendonitis in his knee, and then that puts uh, Batum in the starting lineup. And what I love about this team, and whether or not I, I'm believing this is truth, like like Morris is like, you know what? Let me go. Let me ride the bench. I'd rather ride the bench, and because this is working, and that was a plus up that we did not expect to have. I mean, like that, like, well, like yeah, that was Morris, fate. Morris that was a faded has, weird moment. When you look at more, when you look at uh, is is Mar- Marcus, Marcus is on yeah. the Marcus, Marcus yeah, on yeah. Clippers. Marcus and McCabe, Marcus yeah. Morris is so like. He is, he is a twin. He has a, yeah. a twin brother who is statistically the same player, pretty much. Yeah. He is making $80 million. Markeith is making $1 million. They're the same. Like, well, he, of course. You know I will I mean? say like, Marcus. Like, yeah, all right. The Marcus is better now, right? Like the, the paradigm has shifted yes. where early on Markeith made more earlier in their contract than Marcus. And Marcus went to Boston and really thrived. And now Boston, and now Marcus is like this versatile 3 and D defender. And Markeith can't really move like him. You know, he's a little, he's got a little bit Markeith more of the old man. Yes, four, I agree. Mar- Marcus, four, Marcus yeah. comes up. Marcus off the bench is really good for the Clippers because I think if we do lose Will, that bench rotation is stronger for him coming off. The, it, it builds so where, us up. So in a where good do way. you think? Where do you? Okay. Where so do my you GM hat. The, the 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 need is like who do you go for? My GM hat is this. I think, and 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 now based on his recent comments, I'm not so sure, but I think it's George Hill. I think that's Ooh, who I go. For. I like that. Um, that's a yeah. very so, sophisticated answer because I think his per is off the the charts this year i i think that that's the guy that you get for lou will and i think you get lou will and you maybe have to throw in like man so it's man and lou will for a george hill which you is which i think pick. would be a smart you know uh which would be smart i like man a lot and i don't want to get into another uh shay situation and like i think that like one of shay losing shay was like that was we were duped you know i think we could have gotten out without having to All pay off picks. that thing but we the picks. All those picks. Because it's too much. It was too, it, it's just like, it was, yeah. But I, mean, I will say this, and, and again, we're only 14, 15 games into the season. I feel like you can't underestimate Paul George coming back from shoulder surgery. Like that, that was a two, thing that he was shoulders. struggling yeah. to. Yeah. Two shoulders. And I think that like when you look at Kawhi this season, I think he's moving better than I saw him move last mm-hmm. year too. So both of these guys are like feeling, feeling themselves. And I think that ultimately... Paul George is like, I have, um, I mean, he's, he's said it multiple times to much people's chagrin, but like he's trying to prove something. And so far, if that keeps up, it's interesting, but no one trusts him and everyone's like playoff people. But I, I, yeah. I, I want to say one thing about him in defense of him. 
which is this is a man who literally had a nervous breakdown in the bubble, mm-hmm. right? Got over it, had a great game seven in the first series, and then killed it in the second series, and then just had a shitty game seven in the second series, which he should never have been in the position of if fucking Doc didn't play Trez stupidly. It's so stupid. Like, like listen to the analytics. I mean, everyone was saying don't do it. He never adjusted any play. Anyway, he shouldn't have been in that position. But I, I do believe that, like, PG was that second series. Like, I just feel like sometimes mental health is, like, glossed over. And PG came in. He admitted what was going on. He came back. He started to play really well. Yeah, I mean, and then yes, he we, hit the fucking back. We've been talking about mental seven, health but, a lot because of Kyrie, and I think that's an interesting yeah. thing. I mean, and when you look at the way that PG handled it versus the way that Kyrie handled it, you have to go. Well, there's someone handled it in a more, I guess, like um, responsible manner. You know what I but mean? But then, but but then Paul George gets called, and excuse me for like being crude it's like but paul george gets called like a pussy right like because right. then that's like that's like when then you have devin booker calling him like a soft ass you know well, whatever devin booker it's doesn't like, even like to be deed up in a in a practice game <laughs> practice game but yeah, so, so it's like so it's like but like but i think this idea of like because he was open about it like look and i know he called himself playoff p but it's like does but do like damian lillard and james harden get as much critique for falling apart in the playoffs as much as Paul George does. I mean, and yes, and they have putting a better season stats, whatever, but they're all pretty close. It's like, and they're not, and you know, and both, I mean, Harden fell apart in the bubble last yeah, year, but yeah. you don't hear that talk about Well, so Stranger it. Zach, uh, is there a move, because I know that you're, you're, you're always on the ESPN trade machine. Is, your, is there a move in your mind or a player in your mind that you would offer up uh, to I the Clippers? I don't know if I have a specific player right now, but there was a, a point I wanted to go back to that Paul made earlier, if I can, which is, just briefly the comment on on doc and just kind of his prowess as like an x's and o's guy which i totally agree with i think the comment you made about just sort of like the the changes in the system this year are you can point to a couple of things one you guys brought up abaca i mean they can play five out now and completely space the floor yeah um and the other thing though is batum right now he's in the starting lineup and batum's basketball iq is just through the roof like he's Huge. he's a really uh selfless player and so right now the Clippers are leading the entire NBA in three point percentage, which just it it, it, it points to a, a, a just a systemic change, but ultimately your personnel matches up the way that you want to play. You know, so I just think I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really high on the Clippers this year. I think they have a real chance uh, of contending in the conference finals. Um, but to your point, I think that the the real piece that you guys, in my opinion, are missing is a true playmaker. So I think George Hill is is a nice call. Um, but if there were another a point guard in like the buyout market, say someone like Derrick Rose, that is someone I think yeah. he's he's a great creator. You know, he can be a spark plug coming off the bench, playing twenty twenty five minutes a game. He's another guy that I think would be a great fit for the squad. Mm-hmm. That's a nice call. Now, there's talked about him going to New York, right? I mean, if there or, is, it's like if so that he can be with Tibbs. I mean. New York is such a mess right now uh, as far as their moves are concerned. Um, there's really nowhere for them to go. Like, they, Tibbs wants a superstar, and he wants it, like, yesterday. Right. And Well, but do you think that they – here's my thought about Tibbs, which I, I want to get on to all this Clipper stuff, and I want to talk about the Knicks because my friend who's a, a big Bulls fan was saying, like, you know, the worry about Tibbs is that, like, you're going to – He's gonna run these players into the ground. First of all, by Cass, is he talking about Cass saying this? 
Yeah, yeah. Cass yeah. has told me this. A billion, Cass and I have talked about the minutes that RJ is playing, like every day, and I tell him the same thing. Jim, look at Jimmy Butler now. Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. is fine, and he's in his thirties, and he's a max player, and he's only this good because Thibodeau played him like that. Okay. Look at all, like that. That's the. That's what he's doing to RJ, and RJ is going when Tibbs is gone. RJ is going to be a max player because of the way that he's being coached. And Julius Randle is having his best season, and Julius Randle stinks. Right, but I think you're right. Like I mean, like I think there's, I, I don't disagree with the idea. I just wonder if their bodies can hold up to the the challenge. I think they can. I mean, like, I think like you know, Derek Rose, yeah. I think proved that. It wasn't Tibbs. It was Derrick Rose. Like, Derrick Rose right. got injured. Like, yeah, he got injured during Tibbs' season, but then or he got like injured suicides. every year after. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, it was not Thibodeau. It was him. So, you know. Here's I, what I'll say. Here, I don't here's know. What I think about that the, minute stuff yeah. is a little overblown. Like, I think load right. management can be sometimes. Look, I, I think it's fine for for the people that use it. But I think Tibbs is just like, whatever. Like, Michael Jordan played... 40 minutes a game, you know, right? And it's like if you're going to be the best, yeah, then you got like, I mean, look, you need a franchise player to be out there and playing. I think one of the things I really like about the Clippers is even lately what they've been doing is having their their starting lineup finish games to because they like that's where they have been issued. Like, I feel like they can't close quarters, like, that's their big issue, and they, they've really kind of tried to answer that. I think in the last couple of games, we'll see. I, th- I think they're still learning, I think they're still developing. What I like about this Clippers organization is with you have like Daniel Craig and you have Chauncey Billups. And one of the, the, my favorite stories about Chauncey is, you know, he was the color commentator with Brian Seaman out here in L.A. And Seaman was like, Chauncey will write, was writing notebooks full of notes because he was like trying to learn how to be a coach. Like Chauncey mm-hmm. wanted to be a coach. And, and uh, Ty was like tutoring him. So, like, here's a guy who's been watching. Like, this is an interesting team. Like, I think Daniel Craig does all the defensive shit from Miami. I think Ty is, you know, I think Ty has been very influential uh, in kind of figuring out, telling each player what they're responsible for and making sure they are responsible for it. But I think whatever move they're going to make, they know what their weakness is and they will find that right player. I don't think it's going to be, like, if it's George Hill, if it's Lonzo Ball, if it's, you know, Derrick Rose, it's going to be a a very specific pull. It's not going to be like, Oh, we just got this guy. I, I feel like they're no. on somebody already. They know what they want to do. Yeah. But it's yet to pull that I, trigger. I, what I wanted, but I was kind of schooled last night uh, when we were talking Raptors, but what I wanted for the Clippers was a Kyle Lowry move. Because well, yeah, but, yeah. I think Kyle Lowry, I think the Raptors, you know, uh, the Raptors, Raptors going LA yeah, and they're not going anywhere. No, I mean, we just can't, we just can't, uh, we can't just, where does that $30 million exactly. come from? I mean, that, that's the, that, that's the big, well, issue. you'd have to get and a third need, yeah. team. You'd have to get a third team involved, but you have some pieces that if I'm the, the, uh, if I'm the Raptors there's some things that are interesting to me, maybe more, you know, on but I'm team. also like, but I'm also like, I don't yeah. want to lose. I mean, as a Clippers fan, I don't want to lose that many guys that I have because one of the things that they did do in, in the Paul George trade is like get rid of some of that young talent. Like Shea was a great piece that I would love to continue to have. I don't want to get rid of a who I think is like already not playing on that many minutes, but is somebody who but I like, think is you already trade, showing he's better than five. Would you do man? Would you do man Morris 
and I wouldn't do Morris. You wouldn't do Morris. You wouldn't I mean, do I Man guess... Morris and Lou Will for Kyrie and Lou Will for not for Kyrie for for Kyle Lowry oh, sorry, yeah. for Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Because I would do that trade in a second, and I feel like it helps both teams. Because and then what do you do? Then you yeah. What do you think? Because like because like Zach. Then you're putting. All right, so then you're, then you're gonna put Batum back on the bench, right? Because then Ky- Kyle Lowry has got to start. Well, Kyle Lowry's at the that, one. Right? Kyle Lowry's at the one. Bev, Pat Bev two. goes to the bench, right? That's what happens. Pat Bev is the bench, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, and yeah, right. Lowry Lowry, goes yeah. to the one, which I wouldn't mind. Lowry goes to the one. George goes to the two. Kawhi goes to the three, um, Batum. and Batum stays at the four, and Ibaka's the five. And then you, you're a little I, I, thin. I don't think that that's a terrible. Yeah, you're a little thin. But if I'm the Raptors, I do it because I get off of Lowry's money. I get to. Get rid of Lou Will. He gets to retire after. He's a big favorite. And I get Marcus Morris, who gets a bigger role. And it's kind of the piece I'm missing right now. Right. I think the I don't mind. I mean, the issue yeah, there for ahead, Toronto, exactly. in my opinion, is I think they really they want Lowry to retire a Raptor. I think. I th- yeah. Yeah. And, and so absolutely. I think the like the sentiment there is probably gonna outweigh the maybe the immediate return with someone like Morris, who in, in the short term would definitely be better for them. I just think. He means so much to that city. When we were talking to uh, Ennis, who mentioned Kyle Lowry is his favorite player of all time. Yeah. Well, but but here's the thing, too. And I, th- I think that there's a, an issue about, and you kind of saw this with the 76ers and Harden. Um, there's an energy of, like, Toronto has given up two, well, three, if you want to put Gasol in there. Like, um, you know, big players and they're all in LA now. And I feel like they've, and I, I know I've talked to a lot of Raptors fans who are very angry, you know, about all this sort of but stuff, Masai especially with Kawhi. Masai flow like that. Masai is like, Masai right. doesn't care about that stuff. You want to talk about a guy who is like, I am like a cold blooded, I do what is best for the team. Right. Like I think about the team. I mean, Masai is the guy that, that, went in there and told uh, um, DeMar DeRozan, we're not going to trade you, and then traded right. him. You know, like, he is well, I mean, cold-blooded. I, mean, you know, I like, mean, look, you want to talk about, like, cold-blooded, fucking Doc and Lawrence Frank and Bomber with that presentation oh, you, give, you give Blake Griffin. Oh, my God, I mean, that yeah. is one of the one of the all-time most insane fuck you. But I think like, something's I mean, up with Blake. I mean, I don't want to be, obviously, like, I don't want to, it's it's so weird to be on a podcast and call something out, but like there's something with Blake, I don't know if it's his work ethic, which everyone says is so great, or if it's his his talent hit a wall, but he can't find a role for himself. You know, and like he's so good with the ball. And and I just I don't wanna yeah why can't he play twenty minutes a game? I I don't wanna be like I like Blake as a player. I think that like if you were talking to me about like who my favorite Clippers are, I mean Blake brought me in. I don't want to like shit talk Blake, but there's an energy, and I'm curious, Zach, what you think about this as well. Like, I feel like he's like I'm done, I'm done. Like I feel yeah. like there's like there's an energy about him. If you told me he was going to retire after this year, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, he just feel he just doesn't feel like his heart is in it anymore. Like, and like he was being roasted this week on the Pistons game. We were watching it. Um, my son and I were watching it. And it was like they're just like fucking. Like the the Pistons announcers are roasting him. I mean, they gave like, they gave the guy, a guy at the same position 
Fifty-four million dollars, which put them at the luxury tax, which means they're paying well, hundred million dollars. Grant is balling out for them right now, though. He's having an incredible year. Oh, I love yeah. Grant Hill. Yeah. I want a Grant Hill. If I, I want Grant Hill on the Clippers. But what a great, get him on what there, a great yeah. signing! Yeah. But 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 still, you got to go to yourself. Well, they knew. They looked at like you know what I mean. Like you don't sign the guy the same position. Well, as the guy you're paying I, a max contract I, to. I have a theory. You know the reason why maybe he's not jiving and grooving in Detroit. Oh God, hmm. Zach! Jesus I can't Christ. warn you many more times about Detroit and driving and grooving. Yes, what? Uh, I, you know, Paul mentioned that big presentation when he signed that supermax in LA, right? And what was it? The same season, they he gets shipped out to Detroit, and Detroit, yeah, it was like a last ditch effort by Stan Van Gundy and that previous regime to make them, you know, an eight seed, which they did. And got right. destroyed by Milwaukee, so I my my assumption is that he just he doesn't want to be in Detroit. He's an L.A. guy, you know. He he's Absolutely. in the comedy scene, you know. Like he was he. No, he's got a production company. He wants to make fucking exactly. movies and things. And so yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it is that he just doesn't want to be in cold ass Detroit that isn't going anywhere. Can I can I also just talk about something because I think it's going to be worthy for your audience. Uh, we're recording this on the night when the Nets, another team that has been put together in, in the best possible way, has their their for their full three, their power three, right? Everybody like they got them all on the court tonight, and they're in a second overtime, and they're currently losing to the Cavs. Yeah, like what uh, we, does that we, say? We, I, we called that. I mean, I we I, 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 I didn't say it was going to be a second overtime, but I I I think you know the it's complicated. Because we spent a lot of time of our last recording talking about Kyrie's mental state, and I think that, right. that that's a touchy, touchy subject for people. Um, but I think if you look at just the fit, it's not great, and especially now that you're watching it tonight, like there's a reason they looked better with one of their best players not there, and it's what you were talking about before. It's like they may not even get along off the court, but on the court they really don't mesh. And it's not it's, a weird, it's not Kyrie yeah. and, and Durant, it's Kyrie and Harden. It's like those two players cannot play together. It's an interesting thing because I'm so curious. I mean, as somebody who was crowned the champion of the NBA, a fan, a, as somebody who was a fan of a team that was crowned the champion, you the were NBA, crowned the champion. But you know, like, but there was that that, that thing. Like, you you are. Once the media says like, "Oh, this is the team to beat," like, like I feel like that 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 hangs heavy on the head of whatever team has it, right? Because you're judged against that all the time. And the Nets couldn't even get through ten games with 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 that on its but head. But the frustrating now they're going thing, to, you know. I think the, you look at the frustrating thing is like last night or two nights ago when they played without Kyrie. To me, they were amazing world beaters. Like they, I would have yeah. picked that team on any going against anybody. Um, you know, and now it's like they're they're thin. But I think again, like that 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 team is 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 a is a mental issue. Like, like if I was uh, the improv coach for that team, I would mm-hmm. be like, "You guys are all great. What you need to do is go do karaoke." You right. know, like and 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 like you guys need to like go like get pulled over by a cop all in the same car. You guys need to go like you know like. Something you guys need to go like do so go camping together like you know whatever yeah. like go but there is something but but like but I also feel like you have a a per, I mean look and it could all just be 
Kyrie. I mean, look, Kyrie, I think is an uncoachable. We we knew all these things about Kyrie. So it's like, but where does he go? I mean, they're not going to get rid of him, right? I, I mean, I still might think try. he might walk away. I, I, I and retire. I, or, I think or, you're. Or, I think you're right. Or 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 just devote his life to another cause. You know, I I believe that the only reason why they made this crazy trade for Harden is because basically like here's my 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 conspiracy theory Kyrie ultimately says to the Nets on some level I'm going to walk I'm I'm done and then you have uh and and then basically you know then Durant's like if he's out I'm out this year too and you know like you know like not this year but at the end of this year at the end of this contract and then and they well we need to do something because we just fucking spent all this money on these guys so they they basically throw every all their trips on the table for one shot and this is it yeah because if they don't that, that i think it and i think it is towards the durant harden team not the durant Kyrie harden team. well harden is better harden is a better player than Kyrie. like I, it's it's just it's just plain to see harden is a but better. can he take but but how is that going to play out i mean once the once the shine is off and you have these guys who are you know, like, how are they going to feel like when he's taking 22 seconds to like dribble per possession? And well, like, you know, okay, look at the, like, yeah. I mean, look at in the other two nights that didn't happen. You know, the other two nights, right. the yeah. other two nights he had 30, a 30 point triple double. It was amazing. You know, and then, and then 30 and 14. So it's like, yeah, I have it was a question. Great. I have a question yeah. for, so Harden has been talking a lot about like, he wants a ring. He wants a championship. If, if things are falling apart in the first season of him at the Nets, do you think he's going to be a nice teammate to have going forward? Or is he going to get pouty again? I think that's a good question. I mean, I think that that, that Nets team is combustible. You know, like, they have a bunch of strong personalities. Like, to me, I think the 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 interesting thing is that his combustibility right now is, like, not even, like... They're not even. That's not even a, a a thought in their mind right now. And this is a guy who was like overweight and absent and got COVID like nine times. And like it, it they're not even worried about his mental state. They're worried about the mental state of the point guard they paid one hundred fifty millions for last year. You know, so like, I I don't know. I don't think his poutiness is is going to do anything. And he's also gets to play with Durant no matter what. He's but, but also got, it's know. game, it's game 15. It's like, I think there's a, there's a, there's a certain all-star game element. I felt like to those first two games where it was like, all right, let's come play. He's not even practiced with the team yet. You know, he's just like, and it's really like, Hey, we're, we're hey, come, you know, you come to our house party, have fun. And, and I'm just curious about, I think Katie, what you're saying is right. Like, I think there's an element here where it's like, Let's see when the gear when the gears start to grind because when you talk to anybody on the Rockets, they're like, "Fuck mm-hmm. Harden, fuck him for yeah, being an hate asshole, him. hate him," and and it's and it's like that. He gave them he gave a bunch of them COVID. Go bear, so to go bear, right? No, I mean no. I mean you like know, you know he came back and all of a sudden everyone's got to isolate and then like you know it's like of course they're gonna be like fuck this guy man like well. I just think that, like, but I mean, but what rest, you know, they were all saying, like, this started way before this shit. Like, yeah. the, the locker room was poisoned before. And I think Harden could be, a, look, I think all these players can be, look, I think. We've been clearly, on movie going sets, back to right? Clippers. Paul, you've been on a movie yeah. set, right? Like, y- 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 with the highest of the highest. Paul, high. an actor? <laughs> no. I mean, like, you've been on a set. Well, I, I, I was an odd pause. I was going to be like, you've been on a movie set with, like, really big people. But then I, like, stopped. You've been on a movie set with, like, really big people, right? And, like, 
there there are times when when you're on a movie set with someone and you're like, wow, they're they're wow, that's that's you know um, entitled behavior or whatever, right? Right. And I'm sure that these players, to some extent, um, are you know they suffer I, yes. from a little bit of that, you know, because it's. I like, know what you're saying I, I, like my whole thought with the Clippers and their their chemistry issues, which was written by that Jovan uh, Buha article in the in the Athletic, which I think you know, look. You have a password for the athletic. I'm gonna, uh, I'll give it to you. Can I borrow your password <laughs> for the athletic? Yeah, I'll get it. <laughs> um, I, I, but I was like, I will say, like, my, my issue with that, 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 that article might be 60 40 or whatever. But here's the thing the, I think the big issue with the Clippers team last year and this year, to a certain extent, was Trez and Paul George. Like, I don't think they got along. And I think that Trez had a lot of ego. I think that also, look, Pat Bev, who, where, where did Pat Bev go when they went in the, when everyone was on COVID break? to Kawhi's house to practice and get better. And I think Pat Bev has shown he's been much, much better. And, and, but Trez and Paul didn't get along. And, and Paul and, and Kawhi got along. I think they're getting to be better players. They didn't play that much together. But you have one person who can upset the whole balance. Because Trez was... Trez is a, I love Trez. I'm a supporter of Trez, but he was a me- like he caused issues. And I think that you don't need the... You don't even need the whole team. You could just have like one squeaky wheel that's just fucking up and Trez yeah. is not a, a it's starter it's so strange that that squeaky wheel will come from like the 6th 7th player but you talk enough shit like right I mean yeah. you're right but you're right you're totally right but I think there's the the issue with the Clippers in my opinion if we want to get into the chemistry issues it's like here's a team that was a scrappy bunch of motherfuckers the year before they got in that Golden State game they came back by so 31 points they did they, it's so much fun and I Hard believe too, like re- blue collar Defense, low scoring. Been around. Yeah. Like, been around, been around the block. No one wanted them. No one liked them. They were the B unit. They were, the A unit was the B unit. And, um, and I, I firmly believe, and I would love to get into this at one point, but that the reason why Golden State didn't win that year was because the Clippers beat them up too much in that first round. Like, I feel like that was a bit, like, they wore them down. Mm. Um, and not that, like, not, and then I think that, they played seven games. That was harder than they should have been for them. They got injured. They got This brings weak. up one of my played, favorite yeah. NBA topics, which is that Patrick Beverly and Steph Curry are best friends. Did you know that? Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, it's of course It's one of the greatest that. facts and of all time. I, I talk about it every, I love every watching, episode. <laughs> I love watching them on court together. I love how Pat like shut down Steph in one game, and then Steph like caught went nuclear in the next. But they are hugging it out, and it's like there's a great vibe there. I mean, they yeah. were roommates in the um, AAU or something. They were roommates, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I, crazy I, that, that's the stuff that I love, like, because because that's the stuff I love about Hollywood too. And there is like I I, I always talk about the, the 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 similarities between like Hollywood and and basketball. But like that's the shit that I used to love. Like when you would hear that like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan were playing golf together. Your like yeah. mind would explode, right? You'd be like, "They're best friends," and like you, you, those things were important to an extent. And like, it's good that the Clippers now are developing that kind of vibe with Pat Beverly working at Kawhi's house. I mean, I think Kawhi, well, yeah. Kawhi seems like a good teammate. A lot of people think he seems like a a cold leader, but I think it's like he's he leads by example. He's you know like I like I, I a think boss that Kawhi like that. is. I think that Kawhi is a guy that if you're in the inner circle, which is the team, 
he's talking a lot. And I think that, you know, when you hear all these pundits talk about the Clippers and they go, they need a point guard, they need a point guard, they need a point guard. And then when it finally came out, like what Kawhi said to Lawrence Frank was, we need more people with basketball IQ. And that makes me go, he's a good player. Because he's not looking at like, he's not looking at the fix that everyone else is looking at. He's going, we don't have enough players here that are smart enough with the ball. And that and that small adjustment, with, like what Zach was saying, is like, makes a big difference for them. It just is like, it just puts the ball in the hands of, you know, the, one, the only guy I'm upset that we, we uh, you know, that we're missing is... Um, Shamit, his name right now. Uh, no, God, no. Uh, I mean, I love Shamit. I, I, I love Shamit, but uh, he just went to the Nuggets. Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, um, Rhodes oh, to Riches. Uh, is, is oh, 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 yeah, he's playing, well. he's playing well. He's playing well. He's playing great. Jermichael he's great. Green. Jermichael Green. I love. I love J. Mike. And yeah, like, he's playing well. And and that was a bummer. But um, but look, you know, he took a shot, and, and he's great. Like I think he was a Clipper through and through. But I think he was like, I'm out. I'm out of this. This yeah. was like a fucked up thing. Like but, Doc but I think you're right, though. He would have been perfect yeah. for this style, this version of a team. Yes. Because he could shoot. He can play D. He's he's a selfless dude. Perfect yeah. backer for a Baca. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Paul, I want to keep Yeah, sorry. It, it went all over the place. No, sorry, it was yeah. great. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Uh, and, and I don't want to mean to keep you more. I, uh, but as a, as, a, as a Clipper insider, just a little bit of a scoop. Are they – where are they playing next year? When when all COVID is done, are they have a new stadium? What's the stadium situation? We have a new stadium. I don't know. I, I've look. I've been on phone calls and Zoom calls with some of the planning committee of the Inglewood Stadium to kind of talk about what, as a fan, I wanted and and things of that. And, and I, you know, I'm and you're like Wi-Fi. Like, <laughs> Jesus, I mean, hundred percent. Look, I mean, here's the thing that I want. Like, and I and I and I really use this as like my I bang this drum a lot, which is like. I want it to be more like Barclays, like like that, like the way that where the Nets play is great. Like I feel like that energy there is cool. It's like about the community. It's like it's cool, and I think that Staples sucks. Like I like Staples is a, a yeah. is a it's always is a bad. there's no personality there. It's an aquarium. And it's, it's, it's like yeah, a, it's, it's like not when you fun. go into like an open air aquarium, you know, or something. You're like you're like oh, this is yeah. just a warehouse soundstage. If they go to you know. They're going to go to the stadium. I don't know. I forget when it opens. I'm not even worried about it. But it's like, I feel like there is when they go there, it will be fine. And it will be, I think it'll be better. I, I agree. I mean, I, I haven't been to Barclays, uh, um, but I love what, the things that you're talking about, about it. Like the, the things that you can see even from the outside of the stadium and the way that it's, it's built and the way that it is a pillar of, of Brooklyn. You know, like my, my brother-in-law yeah. lives three blocks from there. And it is like a center of his kind of day. And it's fun. It's and awesome. it's like, and they have like, they have like, what I love about it too is like local food places. Like it's not just like, you know, these made up places like, you know, that are like, you know, like, like embrace the community. Inglewood, like they are doing a giant footprint in there, you know, and they're fucking up Inglewood to a certain degree to put that in. So why don't you embrace the community that you are slightly displacing? But I think for a benefit especially of with what like the Roy Choi, is, with like Roy Choi and what he's done down, down Heck in that, yeah. like, I mean, there's, there's tons of stuff to do, you know? Um, Absolutely. But, but yeah, I, mean, like, I think the thing is, is like we have a responsibility or you have a responsibility as any team owner, when you're starting a new stadium, you have to be the state of the art. You have to be the best. And I think the one thing that Clippers have done that I'm so impressed with is they're winning over the youth of LA. And they're doing that by building basketball courts, running charity drives. They're they're very much involved in the community. And I know there's a lot of issue about where Steve Ballmer and his money is, but he puts his money in the community. They're investing in making that space a public space as much as it is a professional space. And I think that that's 
that's the most important thing is like what is the way you're going to get fans is by winning. Yes, championships are great, but win over that community. And yeah. if you make it in Inglewood and you make it feel special and unique, you'll have that same fan base that hopefully we'll get another Seattle team. But you'll get like a small market uh, fan base by embracing a community. And I think that that's what, they, that's what they're doing. And I've always said Clippers are an L.A. team. And the Lakers are a Hollywood team, and I'm that's, okay with that. But I think that's that that's true. a very fine distinction. Well, that's why I think what you've led, you've inspired me, Paul. And I'm going to do a full uh, audit of MSG's Garden of Dreams. <laughs> I I want to uh, know exactly where each penny of the Garden of Dreams is being spent. I want to know where Greg. What is Anthony's, the Garden of Dreams? The Garden of Dreams thing? is this. The Garden The Garden of Dreams is the charity for the Knicks that has been going on for like oh, wow. 45 years, like since like Clyde. And essentially, it's like just a program that takes people with bad seats and moves them up, you know? And, like, they hype it every halftime. Really solving the world's problems. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like they wow. hype it every halftime. Like, I, they, they do nice things, but, like, I, I, think, I think the real thing that you're saying, Paul, is right. Like, the, especially now with the NBA's influence. I mean... It is. It's all we have now. There's nothing. I mean, right? I mean, like I we're 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 sitting here in the middle of the night talking about an NBA podcast. You know, it's like we're actors. We're not. Why? Because this is where the world is. This is what is happening. And I feel the, like the best um, thing that happened during COVID time was the bubble, and they did for sure. that, and, and and they did it the right way. For sure, they did the right way. Well, Paul, again, thank you so much for for hanging thank out you for with us and being me. here, um, uh, Zach. I guess I, I know you're a stranger, but I trust you enough to ask Paul any questions or anything. Yeah, if I could, just a couple quick questions. Paul, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. And, um, oh, thanks, Zach. And uh, I, I have one question and then one suggestion for how did this get made, if I could. And I'm sure you get these all the time. Okay, right. okay. Jesus. Zach, oh, why God, did I do this? Oh, God, cut it here, cut it here. so bad. <laughs> Let's I'm go, sorry, bring, it, bring it, bring it all, bring oh it all, Zach. What do you got? What do uh, you got? So my first question was... Um, you know, I could ask a question about like the league or NSTF SDSUV, but sure. really the the one the one question I have that I'm really curious about is I I remember you and Manzukis a while back were on the Chris Gethard show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there yeah, was yeah. that episode with the dumpster. Yeah, and uh, inside and that whole just that whole. Exp- you just wrecked it, Zach. You just wrecked it. Yeah, people, people who didn't know, know you never Zach. reveal. We're never You're reveal. You're just supposed like, to yeah. say the dumpster episode, Zach. That was the whole thing. It's like we never. You know, Zach, you I was the also episode, on can't the Chris it. show a couple times. Now I gotta what? edit this shit out. God My damn. bad. I, yeah, bleep yeah, him, bleep him, because we got You gotta hang it. You gotta hang it so people want right. to watch it. It's a, one of the things they. Oh, yeah, right, okay, go ahead. We'll bleep out what was one of the things. One of the things that is so shocking about when you like get when someone emails you and they're like. I want to let me be involved in your podcast. I'm a big fan. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, come on, take your shot, right? Come on, be part of the podcast. And then what I have learned since is like, Zach, like, truly only knows like the fringes of my career. <laughs> like, there will be like a, uh, there will be like a, a text, like, group chat going around. Right. And he'll be like, you got to get on How Did This Get Made, buddy? And I'll be like, uh, you're, you're Zach, one of I've the staples yeah, yeah, yeah. multiple times uh, and be like oh yeah I didn't know I didn't know I'll be like oh you, uh, that's fine that's like a small <laughs> podcast or whatever so it's, it's uh, nothing and then and then like we'll be doing a, another round of like notes a bit and be like hey if you ever get a chance to be on like a late night talk show you should hype the podcast like <laughs> Zach buddy like I, I like uh, it's so odd like it makes me wonder if Zach 
requested to be on the podcast for purely NBA reasons, which I, guess <laughs> which is I good. love, which, which I, guess I is love, good. and I think that that's better. I yeah, think it's, it's better. better. You it's want better. that? Yeah, it's good. Um, All right, so anyway, Zach, go ahead, so Zach. your question, your question about Chris. Yeah, Bennett, yeah. So. so there's a there's a, a mystery uh, thing inside the dumpster, uh, and yes. um, I'm just curious about that whole experience because I I just loved like how engaged like the live studio audience was, and you guys were getting calls, and like were were you and and Manzukas just completely. You weren't in on it at all. You had no idea what was happening. No, absolutely not. No. Um, so basically, Chris had called us up and said, we want you to be on the show. And and if you watch every episode of the Chris Gethard show, is really fantastic. Yeah, I can tell you from unique. experience. I've done it a couple of times. <laughs> I think what Paul's saying is true. You know, Adam, so one if, of the if you that, ever start acting, you should really <laughs> get on some shows. <laughs> I, I will say this. So he... You know, he said, here's the premise. I've been wanting to do it. I saved it for you guys. Come do it. And we didn't know anything about what was in the dumpster. And it was a very unique and organic situation. And I I urge you to watch it. You can find it online. Don't find out who's in it. Enjoy it. Uh, It's great. Um, But I will just kind of answer that question by kind of adding more information to it. When we came on again uh, the following year, he told us this whole thing. He's like, we're going to do this thing with pets. People are going to show off their pets. And we want to do a whole pet show. And I'm like, oh, great. And then we got on, we got on camera, uh, Jason and I, and the red light went on, meant that we were live and that show was live. And Gethard walked off stage and then made us host without a script an hour and a half <laughs> of television live. Right. And and that was the show. And it was like one of the best experiences. Like Jason and I hosted a full on show. And I think it's now available on HBO Max. Just completely we didn't know. And he was, you know, in Gethard's true fashion was so apologetic after it was over. But it was so much fun. It was but thrilling. Like he knew, I mean, the brilliance of it is like who better like who. Uh, right. Who, he knew that we weren't going to freeze up best people it. in the world to to pick to do that you know literally and we had we had fun but i think that like that's the fun of gethard's show is like he know we are all friends of gethard like mm-hmm. we you know when adam's on there we're like he knows what we're gonna do yeah and there's a trust too it's like, like and i think that one of the fun things about that show is he created like a live show experience which is so hard to kind of do like a ucb midnight show and yeah and he did it on tv and yeah my uh, episode course, was was brutal um he didn't tell me what was going to happen. Um, and he told me to, to show up with three different types of outfits. One was like black tie. One was like right. something I could work out in. And one was like a casual thing because like he didn't know what, what, what they were going right. to do. And so then I got there and he told me when we started shooting that I was going to do the one where I had to change into like athletic clothes. So I changed into athletic clothes. And then at, at 11 o'clock at night on a Thursday, he made me work out for an hour and a half. <laughs> nonstop. Whoa. Nonstop. I have seen that. I've seen that episode. The whole time. Um, <laughs> and the audience, like, wouldn't let me stop. Whoa. And it was... Were you on, like, a treadmill? It was, like, borderline... I went from a treadmill to squats to, like, a Versa machine to a Stairmaster <laughs> to a elliptical... Uh, to like general like weightlifting, then the audience like making me lift weights, to, like <laughs> do bets and like deadlift, like get them over my head and stuff for an hour and a half. That and is, it was torture. Geez. I mean, it was like Jesus it was straight up torture. But also, 
a blast, you know, also so fun. But that's like the fun of that show. It's like, yeah. there's no other show like that. And unfortunately, I feel like it wasn't supported the way it should have been. I mean, that's like 90. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's Join the club. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, Absolutely. Again, well, thanks, Paul, so much. And get back to your, your lovely family. And um, the Clippers are about to start soon. And um, yeah. again, thank you so much for, for being here, Katie Zach. Uh, anything did I did I miss anything? I feel like I nailed it. I mean, I feel like there's this awkward thing floating around that's going unsaid is that my celebrity crush, number one crush, is Paul's wife. I was gonna say, oh gonna be Jesus, yeah, I guess that was unsaid. <laughs> I guess that was I just unsaid. Feel it was. It's been. It's been in my head the whole time. So oh. I'm so sorry, Paul. Well, no problem. Let me see if I can bring her over here. And this won't be on camera. Hey, Jim. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Christ. Ooh.